It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Hersema. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy Friday to everyone out there. I hope your week has been going well, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Easter, uh, not just uh, Sunday itself, but the weekend all together. I mean, uh, what what a great time. The weather changed. Well, weather usually gets a little better here at this time of year with the baseball starting Easter and everything. We're back to a little more cold here in uh, Southern California, at least to our standards. But pretty soon we'll be complaining about the heat and uh, got to remember these days. So anyway, uh, happy Easter again to everyone out there. Uh, we had a rather... Uh, Simple, simple Easter, I'd say. Cooked up some food, um, had the had the dads over, and um, yeah, it was pretty low key, man. Just kind of had some sports on, chatted. Uh, it was my final day of uh, vacation before heading out to uh, heading back to work on Monday. So uh, it was, I don't know, just tried to embra- uh, soak up the whole week uh, being away from work, and kind of as it finished, as it finished up, kind of that that eighth inning feeling, if you will. Um, and, uh, just, it was rather low key, rather, rather simple, but, um, definitely heard some great, uh, messages and, uh, sermons and things as well regarding Easter throughout the week and on Sunday itself. So happy Easter once again, uh, man, Easter takes me back to, of course, uh, my days at Rio Hondo care youth league, uh, those early morning sunrise services where you would, um, you know, put on the play at San Dimas Canyon park there quite a bit. The, the Rio did. Uh, I remember my first few years at, in high school as a freshman and a sophomore, I was like uh soldier one or like, uh, you know, extra, extra number two in a scene or something. And then as you get into the upperclassmen years, uh, I had to be a little bit more involved. And just as we got to, uh, got to, to, uh, you know, take, take leadership of the high school. And, you know, I wouldn't say I was the star of the play by any means, but had to, had to be a lot more involved, memorize a lot more lines and even some singing, I think, in their so- solo or duet anyway. And uh, yeah, I just remember being so nervous with all that stuff. Um, so much easier to get out there and, and play a play a ball game of some some kind rather than go out there and and perform uh, in front of uh, people. But hey, at the, it's good for you. And I'm glad I got to do it. Good memories of those cold uh, April mornings there in uh, San Tandemus Canyon uh, Park where you're wearing uh, sandals and uh the, some biblical, I don't know what you'd call that biblical, um, uh, wardrobe or whatever, you know, uh, not much there back in the, those days. So anyway, some good memories there Easter, you know, uh, my mom having the Easter, Easter candy out, um, Easter eggs, uh, the morning of, she always did a great job of that, which was a uh, very, very cool. And the Easter tradition of going to a uh, McDonald's, getting McDonald's breakfast, kind of leaving early from that, uh, Easter, uh, sunrise service there at care, uh, or, through care, you know, they usually have a, I don't know, a cheap breakfast uh, served in the concession truck or something, but we always snuck off and, and got some uh, egg McMuffin just cause we felt, eh, let's, let's, you know, get ahead of the game here. And not that we didn't want to support, of course, cause my parents always did a great job of that. Uh, what do I have for you guys today? First of all, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Everyone out there recording a little different, right? As I'm sure you guys are well aware, just a different, different time of the week. And it's going to kind of be more and more of that as as I continue this. I want to continue my my weekly commitment, not just to you guys, but it's good for me to get on here and uh, you know let blow off some steam, if you will, and try gonna try my best to keep it uh, an, under an hour because once I get going, sometimes I'm like, oh man, look at the clock. Uh, I've been going quite a while, so um, I may even push this to Saturday mornings here pretty soon as work gets more and more busy. And uh, I I do want to uh, exp- touch on something that kind of was related to last week and. Uh, I talked about making mistakes, you know, and I think a lot of times in our lives, uh, the best way I can kind of paint the picture here is that we get that eighth inning feeling of when, when you, when you're umpiring baseball, uh, it, it is a grind, man. It's, there's no clock and now there is these days, but, um, you know, you're out there just pitch by pitch, living, living and dying every pitch and trying to just grind through it. Right. And so you're checking off the innings, inning by inning. You know, you we love outs, of course. You're not looking for outs, but outs are nice because they keep the game moving. 
Um, and as you, you umpire long enough, especially higher levels. And, you know, the first time I remember the first time I did a nine inning game, I was like, oh, it feels like forever out here out in the middle of uh, where was I uh, North Carolina or something. And that eighth inning feeling rolls around the seventh. Yeah. But you're used to the seventh, right? Usually working seven inning games in high school or, or little league or whatever. Um, but you get to that eighth inning feeling, you, you know, you can see, you, you can see uh, off not, not, not into the horizon. You can see the end. You can, you're almost there, right? Remember if you're taking a long trip and, and you only have like less than 10 miles left, you know, you start counting down at hundred miles and then you get down to 10 and it's like single digits. Well, the best thing I could say is that eighth inning feeling rolls around and you can, you feel like you're done. You're there. You've done it. You're almost done with uh, your goal uh, with, you know, getting through this game. And so I think sometimes when that happens, um, you let your guard down and not just in a baseball game, but at work, uh, which in my case, I did let my guard down a little bit because I had that eighth inning feeling and was just like, man, almost done. Life is good. Uh, and then, uh, boom, you make a mistake. And, uh, how do I say this? Uh, some runs are scored and then it's extra innings and you're out there a lot longer than you thought you would be. So I don't know if you guys experience this, um, or have any idea what I'm trying to say, but I think sometimes in life we can get uh, complacent. We get to that eighth inning. We feel like, man, almost done. Heck, we're in the bottom of the eighth and the home team is winning, meaning we're three outs away after this inning, you know? Um, and again, never rooting for any any outcome, just playing, you know, playing the game and working the game and seeing uh, seeing where, where the ball falls or where the pitch is. Anyway. So sometimes when we get into that eighth inning feeling of an, you know, a nine inning game, you can get complacent. You can be like, man, I've done most of it. Most of it's behind me. I'm almost done. This is great. Let's go. Let's finish up. And then you lose focus. And it happened to me so many times as I look back at my life, um, not just on a baseball field, but so many times of being like, uh, Hey man, I'm trying to think of an, an example, you know, um, you're, you're coaching a game. And, uh, you've coached a perfect game. And then in, in, you know, the, the, the final minutes, uh, it all, it all goes to heck and you're, you're scratching your head. Like what happened, um, at, at a job, you know, things are going well, you've had a great week. And then the last hour of your shift, you just screw up totally because you weren't focused and boom, you're in trouble now. Or, um, you know, God forbid you make a mistake where you're let go or something, uh, relationship wise, you've had a great, uh, date. With uh, the missus, with uh, with whoever you're out with, things are going well. Things are looking great. All right. It's been a successful evening. And then you maybe make one comment. You shouldn't have, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying, fellas? Uh, you, you didn't even mean to say it or know what you were saying. But what was heard or perceived, um, you get a little bit in trouble, if you know what I mean. So sometimes when that eighth inning rolls around in life, you know, that's the time to step up your focus, not lose focus. It's time to step up and put all the focus away that you, that you thought you had through innings. Now it's time to amp it up a little bit more. Yes. Stay consistent. That's important. Stay right here. You know, stay flatline, not get too up, too jacked up or, or too, you know, but at the same time, that eighth inning rolls around, it's time. All right. You've been great so far, but none of that matters. Cause if you screw up in the next inning, um, no one's going to remember those eight innings or seven innings or whatever it was of, of good that you did. You know what I'm trying to say? The, again, I, I live in a world of analogies and a lot of it is I, I've spent over my years uh, officiating specifically umpiring. So I have a lot of those type of thoughts that happen. And I had that eighth inning feeling a few weeks ago. I, life was good. Um, I looked ahead. I had the week off and wouldn't you know it? Uh, I lost focus for a split second. And sometimes that's all it takes. I can't tell you. How many baseball games, how many football games, uh, basketball? I mean, uh, believe it or not, at one point, I actually officiated a decent basketball game. And you know what? No one cares. Once you make that mistake and a mistake that, you know, if you look at your, you just go, oh, why, why did I, oh, that was so avoidable. And I just totally butchered that. I know you guys can relate to this. And this is why I'm opening the show with this. And it, again, something, you know, it was recent, recent events, kind of something. And everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything's. Um, you know, no, no, no significant, um, issues or, or outcomes resulting from the mistake I, uh, I made say there in the ninth inning, 
but I, I just, I, I don't know if you guys live kind of the way I, I know I'm very unique in my sense, my outlook and the way I think about things, but that eighth inning feeling don't feel good about the fact that you're almost done or that you're winning the game. Think about what what's ahead. Be prepared for anything. The biggest thing they constantly told us at umpire school was the worst thing an umpire can have is to be surprised. And it's true. Uh, you know, I, I can only, I was never in the military, but I can only imagine the end of a shift or, you know, a, or you're, you're in the military, you're on this uh, de- uh, patrol or something. Hey, it's gone really well. We're almost done. That's not a time to lose focus. I've talked to buddies who have deployed and uh, they will tell you, I mean, until you're back uh, in the barracks at the base uh, weapon put away and everything gear coming off, you're not letting your guard down. And so, um, yeah, in, in baseball games, I've had plenty of games where I've seen amazing rallies and 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 seen things happen and and also me me screw up. My partners have screwed up in in say the last inning of a game and we ended up going uh, longer than uh, we would have liked, you know. And it's fine if something happens where you have a call to make, for instance, that justifies yeah the the correct call, the a righteous call, right? Sometimes things happen that you can't control. You're put in a position where it's like, well, I got to pick up the team here. I got to make a call that's not going to be popular, but it's the right thing. And you end up going extra and that's life. But I'm talking about the the scenarios where you lose focus because you have that we're almost done feeling. And and if you don't know what I'm talking about, baseball wise, you all can relate to maybe that three o'clock feeling on a Friday, right? Where Everyone's starting to lose a little focus. Oh, the boss isn't going to expect expect much from me in these uh, these final few hours. Come on, we're all uh, it's it's happy hour. It's Friday. Let's get out of here, man. And and sure, there's motivation to finish the game, to finish the shift, to finish the job. It's always there, but at the same time, uh, I, I'm encouraging you guys, and also just admitting that I lost focus, and and that's not the first time, and it won't be the last time. It's a part of why I have my glasses on today. I'm clearly focused, clear eyes, right? Clear eyes, clear vision. And um, I, I think it's been good to come on the podcast and talk not about my life, but just my experiences and to kind of ask the question, like, do you are you guys ever there? Or am I the only one? And if so, that's fine. That's fine too. But I got to imagine there's other people out there that have the eight, eight, eighth inning feeling or that 3 p.m. feeling on a Friday if you're a nine to five or Monday through Friday type of guy. And it's just, or yeah, man, school days. Hey, I remember losing focus in school when I had a three o'clock game, seven o'clock game. I mean, once the, once noon hit, once lunch hits, I, I was done. I was, I was usually done um, the morning of the day of the game. And I was just always furious when they'd have us take tests on day game, on day games, uh, the day of the game. Like, what are you guys doing? We get sports to focus on. We got plenty of time for later on. Anyway, that's kind of my opening rant here with just kind of, Making a, a a mistake, kind of that eighth inning feeling. Man, Elliot's gone so well. We're almost done. Oh no, I messed up. And why? Because I was a little too high on my horse, and uh, got knocked off it. And now it's time to get back on the horse, finish the game, and be ready for what uh, what uh, whatever else is out there uh, coming at us. Okay, enough on that. Uh, a few things today that I wrote down with the NFL draft approaching an idea I had NFL draft is in two weeks. And uh, an idea I had was I, I wrote a few things down as like a, um, uh, a top 10, like a redrafting kind of like in life, like doing a top 10, uh, a, a redraft of, of my life of experiences and things that I've done. Uh, maybe some things I would not want to go through again, or some things I would want to go through again. And I'll give you, I'll give you the examples here in a minute. Um, maybe the hindsight is 2020 kind of draft. Uh, that would have been a good thing to do, say, in the year 2020. That would have been a nice uh, play on words. But um, I'm going to do a draft here that's like, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but 10 things, and I'll try to go in order, even though they may not come out as the best order. Um, and how could you put that ahead of that? You know, whatever. Um, but But just kind of the random things I think about. I love drafts, first of all. I love top 10 lists. I love all that stuff, right? The Mount Rushmore of this team. I love all that stuff. And so in honor of the NFL draft, I thought I'd write, I'd I'd share with you guys um, 10 moments from my life that I would either do again, uh, wish I would have done sooner, uh, maybe would not have done, or or things that 
I think I learned a lot from him and I'll try not to get too specific and too long winded on him, but I want to share that with you uh, in just a minute. Um, speaking of timing and uh, baseball, uh, I have started the uh, the new job I told you guys about with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. I'm not the full-time guy, but I am kind of a fill-in and something I started doing uh, last week was running the pitch clock, the pitch, you know, the, in the big leagues, I think it's 15 seconds with nobody on base, 20 seconds with uh, runners on base. And then of course, 225 or whatever it is in between innings with the quakes, since they are in low a ball now, um, their timing is 18 seconds with runners on base and 14 seconds with uh, nobody on base. And then 225 uh, in between innings. So I started doing that. I was trained uh, opening night got to do a little bit of it and then did it uh, most of the game the, the night after. And I'll be going back a few more times and uh, running the show, if you will, the, uh, the man, the trigger man, if you will. And it was rather interesting to see, I've seen stuff on TV. I've obviously, uh, obviously umpired the college game with, with the clock. It was very interesting being the perception up in the press box with uh, you know, my, my hand on the, on the trigger uh, starting and stopping and uh, just the, I don't know the reception of it all. I, I thought the players, the umpires, uh, they, they, it was just very cut and dry. The clock hit zero timeout timing violation. And uh, I'm sure guys weren't happy about it, but the game really flows. And maybe this was something I was wrong about. Again, I talked about last week. Um, we have takes, we have opinions and, and they don't always uh, come true or, or are in fact uh, good takes. But when I saw it firsthand and the 225, I mean, as soon as a guy gets out or a guy reaches base and at bat ends, there's 30 seconds you put you put on the clock and the, the the pitch has to be thrown to the next hitter. I mean, the next hitter, they're coached up. They know he walks up into the – I mean, he's in the batter's box almost by the time the guy gets to first base so you don't have these long-winded, uh, you know, walk-up song dances. And, like, just – it's like in the box, let's go. It's almost too quick sometimes. My buddy Chris Alba announcing – you know, the next batter, the next hitter. And uh, man, he doesn't always have a lot of time. But as the trigger man, I was put, you know, the game moves quick just in general because boom, I hit a button and then I wait, uh, wait and watch the pitch. Boom. Then I hit another button. Like it's fun thing to do. Anyone who's ever like run, run a shot clock or uh, maybe a play clock in football. Um, it keeps me very in the game. Um, and, and from the sense of just making sure the clock runs down or starts when it should. You know, you, you're kind. It's kind of an enjoyable uh, baseball game, and it's a. It's not. I wouldn't say pressure. Umpiring was pressure, right? Um, but you got to pay attention. You got to stay focused. And um, yeah, I'm not afraid to say that maybe you know maybe I was wrong about this, and maybe this is something that will in fact help the game. Uh, it is kind of weird when you know a pitch hasn't been thrown and the count's one zero. But hey, that's uh, that's something that doesn't happen that often. There haven't been a ton of timing violations. There have been some. And I, I do think it's cool that everyone has pretty much uh, been open to They're like, yeah, okay. And one thing I think that is a huge difference to all this, when, when, when the clock first got into college baseball years ago and we had the stopwatch and we would stop the game and say, no, they took too long. That's a, a ball on the pitcher. Or that's a strike on the hitter. Um, they would lose their minds and they'd be like, come on, don't call that. You don't need to call that stuff. And I think the fact that you have a physical clock on the outfield scoreboard or behind home plate that everybody can see it's kind of like, okay, w these are the rules we're going to play by them. I, I think sometimes having that visual clock, I I'm a visual guy. Uh, I'll tell you kind of about something visual that I've been doing recently, but like, I need to see things. Um, I, I, I can do them. Yes, I can hear them, but I am a visual, visual person. I need to see uh, kind of progress. I need to see results. I, that's just how I am. Um, if I don't see things, then I, it's kind of like it's not happening. Right. Um, but as far as seeing a clock, seeing a countdown out there, I think that is a huge part of uh, why this is working and why, um, it may, may look ridiculous. It may take some time, some getting used to, but, uh, when we just had the stopwatch before and you were like trusting the umpires, uh, it was just one more thing to question the umpires over. Whereas now. It's like, hey, look, it's uh, big, bright letters or letters, numbers. You can't miss them uh, out there on, on the game clock. So get in the box and uh, let, let's have at it. So there's going to be more problems. That's just how it is. I mean, remember back in the day, we used to argue everything in baseball. And those days are kind of gone with replay. Whereas now we got uh, the game clock out there. 
And uh, that's something to argue about. And there'll be plenty of arguments, for, especially up in the big leagues where guys want to take their time and they're making millions to swing the bat and they don't want to be rushed and all this and that. So uh, they, they they will be rushed. They're fine when, when other guys are being rushed. That's how baseball is. Hey, call strikes today. Hey, Matt, a lot of strikes today. I'll call a lot of strikes. Let's get out of here. It's hot. You call strikes. Hey, I didn't mean on me. What do you Call it on everybody else, not on me. I'm, I I get four at-bats a game, five at-bats a game, Matt. You can't do that to me. I meant everybody. Hey, you said call strikes today. Well, yeah, but not for me, for them, right? A lot of that going on in our uh, in, in our politics, I'll just say. That's all I'll say about that. But uh, I talked about being visual, right? And something uh, I like to do, I'm a calendar guy. I like to see what's on the calendar, color code things, whatever. But something I've been doing, and uh, it's been very beneficial to me, and maybe it doesn't work for you guys, but for me it does, is uh, I've been having this countdown on my uh, marker board in uh in the kitchen and every morning i walk in there have a cup of coffee and i you know erase the board and write you know one less number on it it's up to i think 59 now 60 whatever it is um and it doesn't matter and it's uh, a countdown to a specific day uh for me that uh, i won't go into detail about but it's it's a motivating uh number if you will to be like hey there's only 60 more days hey there's only 50 days left there's only hey there's only 40 days left it's it's a countdown uh, without having a, a countdown clock out there, but every morning that's one of my routines and, and something I started doing recently. I, I, in, on the other corner of the marker board is I started with a counting up, uh, number, if you will. And that number it's like, oh, what is this counting up? What is this soccer? I know. I know. Um, the counting up I started is like, this is how many days it has been since and I won't go into details uh, over that. But uh, I have two different little visual countdown uh, numbers on my kitchen uh, marker board that I have in there, the whiteboard. And they're for two very different things. But every day I walk in there now and, and I, I change the number or the counting up number I get in usually at the end, I put at the end of the day as I'm making the coffee for the next morning. So they're both kind of coffee related and that's how I remember to do them. But this is how my mind works. I need to see things and it's like motivating in a way, which is why a lot of times I'll go into uh, the YouTube uh, channel or, or the the uh, Anchor app, even though it's named something else now, and I'll look at the the plays or look how many podcasts we've had and which ones get the most listens because it's nice to see who's listening and see who is watching these things. So those are two ways in which my very visual self uh, operates. Uh, you know, you learn a lot by doing, but but I tell you, when you get to erase something and, and check it off, it's or whatever it is, however you do things, uh, it's motivating. It really is, and so that's a that's a big way in which I do things, and and something that I have found very useful. If you are such a uh, visual guy, such as myself. All right, let's get to this. Uh, let's get to this draft. I'm going to throw out to you guys. And then I will get to a few more things possibly after this and try not to take too much of your time here on a Friday uh, afternoon, uh, early evening, whenever this is uh, coming out here soon. So these are um, this is the top 10 life draft, I would say, of uh, if I had to, if I was uh, looking up in the sky down at myself uh, at the life I have lived up until now, um, these are some things I wish I would have done. Uh, a little bit more, a little bit better. Let's see, do I want to cross that one off? No. Um, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to cross this one. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because I just thought of something that I want on here. And I'm going to remove the other one and kind of join it uh, with another one. Okay. All right. So here is an example. And I'm going to go first round, not, not counting from the bottom and counting up. I'm going over kind of... 10 of the first things I thought of, like looking back at my life. And to those that not, did not make this list or events or whatever, uh, I did this in like five minutes. So I'm sure once this is released, I will come up. Oh man, I should have thought of this. I should have thought of that. But this is just kind of a, a top 10 uh, life draft recap review. I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm just like, I wanted to do some type of draft for uh, in honor of the NFL draft coming up. And so I would say this here uh, is a top 10 in the, in my number one overall pick. Um, I, I wish I would have spent more time uh, with my mother before she passed away in, in 2008 and not so much spending time, but just the, I wish like there would have been a way or maybe is a way, you know, that she would have lived longer, obviously, but like 
to get listen to more of her wisdom, like maybe listen to some more of uh, things maybe I disagreed with now as an adult, or I, I don't know, just more time with my mother would have been is always something I think about and something that uh, to have that female influence in your life too is I think important as, as a young man and and vice versa as a as a father figure and a young lady or you know men need need fathers as well but I think there's something special about that mother son relationship. And so, uh, yeah, I wish I would have remembered, honored, um, taken advantage of the time that we did have together. Um, that last year in 2008, we did spend a good amount of time together as she was working in Bray and I was going to school at Cal State Fullerton. Um, so we had plenty of lunches there, but my mom really got me through a lot of things and she would have been uh, an anchor for me in some tough moments in my adult years where I would have gone to her and told her um, some of my worst mistakes and she would have uh, told me, uh, you know, I was wrong or, or she would have uh, picked me up a little bit too. So that was my number one uh, life draft uh, first overall pick. If I could do it over again, or if I could have something back, that would definitely be what it would be. Uh, and number two, I said this, I just wrote this down. Uh, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement. I, I think I would have excelled had I started this early and, and just gone into it right out of high school is to go into law enforcement. I don't know. Uh, which branch, maybe sheriffs, maybe CHP. I, I don't know. In some form or another, I think it would have been good for me. I still had kind of that high school um, sports mentality was in much better shape uh, than, you know, later twenties or thirties. And I, I think I would have excelled in that. I would have probably had some growing pains, but I think going to uh, into law enforcement right out of high school, maybe after, maybe later on after that would have been good for me. It would have been uh the discipline, the academy life, all that, all those things that I really appreciated about sports in high school, I think would have been good for me going into law enforcement. And I don't know that I would have been a guy that would have handled the streets. Well, uh, probably, I don't know what, uh, what type of law enforcement I, I would have been good at, but, um, I, I just, that was something I always thought I should have done early on. And as the years went on, it was kind of like, nah, I don't want to do that. It's too late or, uh, you know, things have changed quite a bit too. So that is kind of, uh, if I had to do it all over again, that's something I would probably look at and and really give a ser serious thought to. Uh, and number three, I wrote, I would do minor league baseball again. I, I have no regrets or issues with, with doing that. It's something that after my mom died, uh, I was actually before my mom died, she was the one who encouraged me to do it because I was going through a tough time uh, regarding something else and mentioned it. She said to give it a try. And I, I've, I, it wasn't always a great experience. You know, people think, oh, you're in the minor leagues. That's great. You're going to be in the big league soon. And it's just like, I never really had a shot. Um, I, I never did have a shot, but um, there's a lot of guys that you know, fall into that. Most of the guys pursuing major league baseball in the minor leagues, I'm talking from umpires, uh, but also players. I mean, you really don't have a shot, but it's, it's cool to see so many guys pursuing something that uh, is so hard to achieve. And uh, I, I kind of, and piggybacking on that minor league experience, you know, uh, my minor league experience ended kind of abruptly. I, I never got to double A uh, or triple A for that matter. That's something that always kind of uh, bothered me. And it was for, uh, you know, it was for good reason. And it was something that uh, maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll express and tell you guys about. But there was one regret I had at the end of my minor league career that kind of cost me my minor league career. And some people would say, oh, you did the right thing or whatever. But, um, you know, ultimately it, uh, it cost me, uh, working and to continue in my career there an opportunity. And it would have been nice to get to double a, that's all I'm saying. Triple a, I could live with, but the fact that I was so close to double a, and I felt like I was an umpire who could handle, um, the double a and triple a, I, I could get to those levels. That is something I regret, like not getting to not achieving. And it probably, I probably would have got there had I not uh, made a, a mistake or two that um, were regretful, but some would say I did the right. I'm not going to get too much into that, but uh, minor league baseball, I thought it was good for me. It was after my mom died and my mid twenties on the road. I learned so much about myself, what to do, what not to do on the, on the road. And just uh, grew a little bit uh, being on the road kind of by yourself or, you know, with another dude for four five, six months out of the year and uh, just working baseball games every night in random cities and States. So it was a good experience. I would do it all over again uh, without a doubt at number four, I've told you guys this on the podcast before, but I would have started FedEx earlier. I talked about law enforcement. I talked about minor league baseball, but FedEx, I didn't start till I was 35. I really liked the job. Um, I made plenty of mistakes there, uh, especially recently, but uh, I've really enjoyed 
just the the atmosphere, the environment. Um, it, there's times it could be better, but most of the time it's great. It, it's I, I think I'm built for it to uh, throw a uniform on, load up a truck, get out, see people and get them their stuff and pick up their stuff for them. And so I wish I would have started that earlier because I would have, you know, 10, 15 years uh, under my belt now of uh, built up towards retirement and all that good stuff. So this is a job I, I want to do a, a while um, throughout the my, the remainder of my adult uh, working years here. And I just wish I would have started it sooner. Um, would have been nice to start minor league baseball sooner, you know, maybe lose that that dream and then uh, get right into working at FedEx sooner. So that's just something maybe, maybe not so much, you know, right out of high school or right after college, but sometime in my twenties, I wish I would have started and, and kind of stabilized myself a little bit more uh, at number five. This is another, I wish I would have kind of uh mentality and, and uh, portion on the list here. I, I wish I would have, whether it was right in college or, you know, as I graduated, I wish I really would have taken some time, maybe a year or two to pursue uh, broadcasting of some kind, like much like I'm doing the podcast now. I wish I would have pursued getting into sports broadcasting and worked for teams a little bit more than I have. I have done some stuff for Cal State Fullerton, but it would have been cool to, I don't know, be a minor league baseball broadcast guy, a play-by-play guy in some random city or state, right? It would have been nice to be the sports guy on some random uh, sports, local sports channel, uh, eventually try to get uh, ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever. Those are things I wish I would have just said, all right, this is something I'm doing and going for it. And so many times I have these ideas. I have these thoughts. I had, uh, I could do baseball umpiring. Uh, I could do FedEx. Uh, I could do broadcasting. I could do lawn, but I didn't always go for it. And it was in broadcasting now that, you know, especially with the podcasting experience, it's something I wish I would have just gone for and tried again, not long, maybe a year or so. And I'm like, all right, this isn't for me and, and look for something else. So I wish I would have taken a few more swings, if you will, in that regard. Uh, number six, this is something I still think about a lot, but I wish I would have moved out of state. I, I really do. I wish I would have started working earlier in my twenties, saved up money. And I wish I would have gotten out of here some way. And again, had I done some of these other things, I think that would have naturally come into play, you know, moving uh, somewhere else to do broadcasting or moving somewhere else um, to, to work for a team or, or even the FedEx thing. You never know where jobs would take you. Um, uh, law enforcement, you never know where these things would have taken me. And I just wish, uh, at this point in my life, I probably was somewhere else and established a little bit more, probably on the West coast, but who knows? And it's just something I wish I would have done. So I, my number six pick, that is something I wish I would have done a little bit earlier. And I, I still think it's not too late and hope to someday, but I don't know. I'm just, I was born and raised in California. Never thought I'd leave. But once I started traveling other States, uh, specifically umpiring, uh, you saw other ways of life and you're like, yeah, I, I kind of like it out here. I definitely wouldn't uh, mind being here year round or for a few decades. Uh, at number seven, this was high school sports related. I think all of us who finish playing sports, you know, you, you finish and you're just like, oh man, I left it all out there. But I think we all deep down know that we could have always done a little bit more. And, uh, you know, my buddy, Bill Ritter was the best practicing guy. And he practiced and practiced and pra he never stopped practicing. And I was out there for a lot of it, but Bill was kind of the Kobe Bryant of our, of our team, always working, always getting better. Uh, he would shoot a hundred more shots than everybody else in basketball. He would go out there and, uh, you know, get swings in the cage more than anyone. And I wish I would have practiced a little bit more, definitely lifted more weights, even though we didn't uh, do much of that back in our day. It was a lot of running and conditioning. And I just wish I would have, even though I did practice a lot and I wasn't a good shooter, but I practiced, I practiced, right. I, you know, I was a terrible hitter. I wish I would have spent more time. I wish I would have been relentless about practicing, just relentless about it. And practiced even more because as we all know, once those sports are gone from our lives, for most of us, it's gone forever. And all you can do is yell at a TV uh, the rest of your days and talk about how good you were. So yes, I wish I would have practiced more and just been relentless and obsessed about it in high school, which is uh, over 20 years ago. Okay. At number eight, this is, uh, I think this goes for a lot of people, but especially for me, I wish I would have saved money a lot better. I mean, when you're in your twenties, you're spending money left and right, especially when I was living at home, even though I was gone traveling a lot, I wish you would have saved money. I mean, think back to when you're 20 years old, which for me is uh, 18 years ago. If you save $5 a day, you put $5 a day away, whether it's in an account or an envelope, just think how much money you'd have. Right. But at certain times in your life, five bucks is like, well, it used to be, used to be a meal. Oh my goodness. Five bucks. That's man. I can't part ways with that. 
but I wish I had saved more money uh, throughout my years. And even now, I w- again, I, I think I'd be a little bit better place financially, uh, could get ahead a little better. And it's, it would be nice to have kind of money socked away. And I got, I, I've been doing, do, I've done some really good things with money, money that I can't touch till I'm like 60, uh, things of that nature. But as far as like having money set aside to buy this or to buy that, uh, that things that adults are supposed to be able to do, um, haven't done a great job of that. And I'm trying to improve upon that, but that is something I wish me myself, I would have done a better job of is saving money. Um, you could start small and uh, it obviously adds up big time and yeah, it would just, <laughs> I searched my pockets now and, uh, better with money, but specifically saving money. I uh, wish I would have done that a lot better the past, uh, we'll say 20 years at number nine. This is something I'm kind of on the fence about. I said, I wish I would have, uh, not had so many, like, uh, I didn't have a lot, but bad relationships. You know, we always, we all dated people. We probably, we knew we shouldn't have like, this isn't going to end well. Eh, well, let's just see how it goes. You know, I mean, a lot of, th- a lot of times, you know, and there's been a few relationships um, that I I'm like, oh, I, I, I probably shouldn't have, you know, gone on a second date or whatever you want to say about it. Um, but at the same time, uh, things like that are learning experiences and, and learning lessons for sure. Like, all of you listening right now, I mean, I would say most of you have been in more than one, you know, you think of a, that one bad relationship, you wish you would have given, uh, not throwing that one back, right? Or whatever the, you want to say. But it's also in looking back, you learn so much about yourself, what you didn't want, uh, what you couldn't tolerate, and also about how you would change as a person. Sometimes bad relationships change you. Like you, your buddies are like, dude, you're not the same dude. Like what's up with you? And not in a good way. Like, oh, you're in love, whatever. I'm talking about like the things you tolerate, the things you, uh, I don't know, you, you support the things you just, your daily self, you change. And so there's been a couple of those that I, I wish I could take back. But at the same time, if I had to say, you know, it's almost like going through something like that is a good learning experience. So kind of on the fence, I just wrote down bad relationships and uh, maybe some of them, uh, some of them would have been good to experience, but less time, right? <laughs> and not learning the lesson over the course of months or years or whatever it was. And number 10, I wrote down my final pick and the re- the redraft of life, if you will, is uh, graduated college. I- I'm glad I graduated college. I didn't say went to college, right? And I think there's a huge difference there, mainly obviously walking away with a diploma, having a having a, the end result. I'm glad I achieved that because it's something the first few months into college, I didn't think I would do. Um, honestly, I, I'm sitting here and I will say this, and some of you will think I'm ridiculous for saying so. I didn't learn a whole lot in college. I really didn't. Um, looking back at some of the the things we did and, and I'm like, well, I didn't you know learn a whole lot. I passed the classes barely, I guess. But I think what I did learn in college was uh, the ability, just finishing discipline, like finding a way. It was something I was not good at, something I, I didn't want to be there, but I finished. I found a way. And I'm glad I have that diploma, again, visually on my wall that I walk by every day because the college experience yeah, it wasn't all that cracked up to be for me. I was a commuter. I was working at RHLA and and, and Care Youth League. Um but I got through it. it. Took me five years, three years of Citrus, two years at Cal State Fullerton. But I got through it, and uh, so I will say that as far as uh, going to college, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't write that on the list or be like, yeah, that's something that I would absolutely do again. Um, but I am glad and happy that I graduated college. If that makes any sense to you, it does in my mind. But I don't know if it makes sense to you guys out there listening. So uh, again, the voices in my head. This is what comes out. So you guys are gonna have to deal with it. So anyway, that's my top 10 redraft of life list. I, I don't know what else to call it. Uh, hindsight is 2020. Um, we all have regrets. We all have things we wish we would have done better, maybe not done or done less of. And so that's why I wrote those down. What are your thoughts? Maybe you don't have 10 of them. Maybe you guys have a great life and don't regret anything because every experience is, is a, is a positive one, or at least you learn from it. So, uh, again, this is me speaking into the mic just because I can. And because uh, sometimes in the the months that follow, there's not uh, a whole lot going on with uh, sports world or, or other things that, that I, you know, that I either don't care about or don't want to comment on. So I come up with these things. All right. So there it is. Like in honor of the NFL draft in two weeks, which I'm excited about. Uh, I will be, uh, that's my top 10 
redraft of life list, if you will. Um, you know, something again, that you randomly think about is I think I got out of bed the other day and it was like, not sore, but just like, man, looked in the mirror, you know, you do your routine and then, uh, your age kind of pops into your head and you're just like, or you hear about athletes, which I'm like, I am the age right now where most athletes retire. And I don't know why I thought about that or why I find that like interesting, but I just do kind of like, I, I feel a little better physically, uh, you know, and everything, but like, I mean, professional athletes imagine at this age, after all the wear and tear, I mean, these are prime athletes, prime, you know, far better in shape than I am. Uh, they hit a point where they're just like, yeah, I, I don't, I can't do this anymore. Physically. I don't have it. And it gets me thinking like, man, when I stub my toe or, or I'm sore after work or something, I'm only 38 years. I got a long ways ahead of me. Cause I'm not a professional athlete, but it just popped in my head. You know, there's man, I'm at the age where, where a lot of athletes retire. That's just kind of, I don't know the whole common ground thing. Just something that popped into my head. I know kind of, kind of ridiculous. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm out in the college world, uh, the college world, the, the, the delivery world, either I'm delivering to people or, um, I, I pick up people in my Uber and say, I don't know if it's cause I deal with it, but I just, and it's not a lot of people, but they, these, these people stand out so much, the rude, inconsiderate people. I, I've probably vented about this before, but they just, they stick out so much. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? What is so hard about just being considerate, letting someone go ahead of you, of, of being, you know, uh, when you show up to deliver a package, you sit there in your chair and just like, don't come to, I, I, I don't know. There's just, most of my experiences in this life are great, but, but the, the root, I'm seeing more and more of it, which is unfortunate. Like just, just inconsiderate people it drives me up the wall. You know, the guys that got to talk on their phone in, in the grocery line or the guys that, um, you know, they just think you, you're their servant or the guys that you pull into a park, like people don't do the math that like you pull into a lot or something and Hey, this looks like a good turnaround area. I'm going to stop here. And they're, Oh, can you take me up here? 20 more feet. It's just like, I'm not trying to be inconsiderate and, and short you of your destination. That's not what I'm trying to do at all, but I'm just seeing more and more inconsiderate, rude people. And I don't know what it's related to. Maybe it's this phone. Maybe it's the, the idea that we argue with people on social media and we don't know what manners are. We, we get Uber eats more. We don't go out to restaurants. We don't open doors for people. We don't have any concept of what that is, but it's like, dude, it's not that hard. It really isn't put others before you. And just, I don't know when we get in a bad mood, I get in a bad mood and I just, I find myself being a little less considerate. Right. And you have to take that step back and be like, don't put your issues on other people. Like be good to other people that, no matter what your religion or beliefs are, whatever, like that's something I, I would think we could all get on board with, right? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. I probably am, but don't be rude. Don't be inconsiderate. I, I mean, uh, I, I wish I had examples for you, but I just, I wrote that down for some reason. It must've come across someone. I was just like, we're getting more and more of this and it's starting to get uh, very, very uh, upsetting. Uh, what I want to close the show with uh, today is I'm right about that 45 minute mark today is uh, something, I had another issue I wanted to get to, but I'll, I'll leave it for now. Um, you know, I talked to you guys about saving money, right? And how I haven't done such a good job of it, but um, there's there's one thing I can get behind. Uh, it, it, it's a good boycott. It's a good boycott of goods and services. And it may not be for the very reason you're thinking of. You know, if you tell me, oh, this guy said this about, you know, re represented this product or, or this company put out this statement about, you know, Nike comes to mind. I, I, I haven't, I used to have, these aren't the ones, right? I used to have Nike glasses. Now I have, uh, what are these, Ferragamos. I used to wear Nike everything. Um, I One of my pajama bottoms, I actually had a, a Nike. I still wear some Nike products, but I haven't purchased a Nike product since they, you know, got in bed with uh, Colin Kaepernick and uh, some of the other things they've done as well. I'm just like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm over this company. Um, but I, I have not purchased any Nike products um, in a, quite a while. Um, my Nike, their sweats, uh, nice little sweats that I had. Um, I took like a, a, a UFC octagon patch and I, and I put it over that. Um, I did used to have Nike glasses. Now I don't. Um, I do have some Nike products that every now and then I will, I will wear uh, for whatever reason, but uh, I try not to. And I, I have committed to not purchasing any Nike products in a long time. 
And so that's just an example of obviously there were some uh, boycotts last year, not last year, but you know, the last few years, especially when Kaepernick started doing this thing. And so the reason I bring up boycotts is because when a company kind of does something that maybe you don't believe in or doesn't think represents you or whatever the case, whatever the reason is, um, it's your, it's your right to do so. You don't have to buy uh, from, from certain companies or whatever. You don't have to do anything. You get to go. Another example for me, I, I stopped using uh, Verizon. I went to Patriot mobile, which, uh, not only is, is cheaper, but supports great causes that, that I can get behind. And, uh, I haven't lost any, you know, data or minutes or any of those things. So it was like, yeah, no brainer. And it was super easy. So those are some ways in which I have gone about my life the past few years. And guess what? Not, not much has, it hasn't affected me too much. Um, you know, some of these streaming services, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they do things that I'm kind of like, oh, why why'd you do that? Why are all your movies this or that? Um, and, and I think if there's alternatives out there, I know Rumble does, uh, you know, alternative to YouTube and things like that. I think it's great to have alternative platforms, um, food and beverage items, uh, whatever it is, clothing. It's good to you. We as Americans, we have consumers, we have options. And so why I bring up boycotts is because I can always get behind a good boycott and, and probably not for the reason you think I'm always looking to save money. Uh, and so uh, if you're going to maybe uh, stand for something that's kind of like pisses off people uh, or maybe people that I stand with or, or uh, beliefs I have or whatever. Sure. No problem. Sign me right up. What's it, what's it going to cost me? Absolutely nothing because you just don't have to spend money there anymore, which is real easy. And I'm getting, I'm not getting into any specifics of, of any companies right now. I don't want to be shut down. I don't want to be accused of anything, but we all have our, what's the silent majority. We all have, we can all contribute in silence. Dennis Prager, who I listen to every day and uh, learn so much wisdom from, he always talks about there's three types of people, the, the, the people who do nothing, the fighters and those who help the fighters. And all, most of us can't get on a platform and talk about uh, the things we want to say. Uh, some of us can contribute to causes that do that. Uh, I knew, I know I've, I contribute to a few different causes, not a lot of money by any means, but it does my heart good knowing that I'm putting some money to help my heart, my hard earned money goes to a few causes or products that I support that I like. And guess what? The products that anger me or don't represent me or whatever, they're not getting them. I learned this from my dad again, back to my dad. And at times I thought he was a little ridiculous with some of it. I'm like, what, what's the big deal? But no, again, you learn things as you grow up, like Give, give your money elsewhere. If you don't like a product or something that they're doing, um, a lot of people have voted with their feet, right? And left California for tyrannical uh, places like Florida, right? Uh, which is hilarious to, to, to even say that with a straight face because, you know, that's apparently the new thing is uh, uh, Governor Newsom. My goodness, that guy. Uh, he, everything he says is backwards, is, is false. Everything he says, he accuses of, he has done or does. Anyway, um, what am I trying to say? So boycotting, it's about saving money for me. Like I can get behind any good boycott. I'm like, really? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll save some money because there's not always, what do you, what would it, the go, what, what would be the opposite of a boycott when you, uh, someone is like tried to be canceled or whatever, or some company. And then it's like, nope, let's go flood that. Let's go flood that company with, with our products. That happens every now and then Chick-fil-A comes to mind, right? They were trying to be canceled years ago and uh, car lines went for miles because people were like, yep, we're supporting them uh, or whatever. That's just something that comes to mind. Can't remember what that was all about. I just know I like a good chicken sandwich. Um, what else? So yeah, I'm always, I'm looking for ways to save money, man. I'm looking at all my subscriptions and things. I'm like, all right, I, I need to cancel that. And not because again, I disagree with their product or their brand. I'm just kind of like, I probably can go without that. So I need, I got to, Cut costs, right? Like we're all doing in, in today's world. We got to cut costs. So it's probably not a good idea to get overly political with any product out there. If your product has nothing to do with politics or society, maybe it's just a refreshing beverage or some, uh, some good food or some athletic clothes, whatever your product is, probably not a great idea to get political or to get too like preachy. It's, you know, I don't, I didn't care what, side of the aisle, my Nike sweatshirts used to be on, but, but now it's just easy for me to not buy them. So in these hard times, wokesters, everyone's looking for ways to cut costs. We all are.
and sometimes some of them are hard. I had to cut a boxing subscription recently just because they got too expensive. It hurt me to do it. And it wasn't because of their, you know, anything they stood for or anything. I just need to save some money somewhere. I don't watch it enough. Football might be doing some of that. These streaming services. When people are struggling, wokesters, don't give them a reason to cut your product or service out of their lives. That's all I'm saying. I don't have any products or services or advertisements on this show so I can say what I want because I'm not doing this to make money. Anyway, I can get behind any boycott because I'm trying to save money, not because I always agree or disagree with what's going on, but it's like, yeah, sure, I'll get behind that, whatever. So be careful out there. Preachers, not, not real preachers, but those who want to preach about causes and things. This, this bottle of water is uh, votes. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Stop politicizing products. Stop it. You're going to give poor people like me a reason to not use your products because we can't afford it anyway. That's all I'm trying to say. Eighth inning feeling, life redraft list, and boycotts. It's your right to do so, and you may not feel that you are contributing much by not, again, participating in somebody's product, whatever it is, but know deep down that if they lose $100, you are one penny of those $100, or you could be. So in some way, you are contributing, because in order to get to that number, it needs a lot of different people. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just like venting again and saying, I'm trying to save money and I'm looking for ways to save money or to spend my money elsewhere. So don't give me a reason. That's all I am saying today on the Get Home Safe podcast. All right, guys, have a great weekend. That's it. I'll cut it. It's not even cutting short. I'm going, I went another hour almost uh, once again. Hope you guys are having a great time. Send me your thoughts, reactions, uh, ideas, whatever you, whatever you got. I'm going to try to get another guest on here maybe next week or the week after. But uh, yeah, more Get Home Safe podcast next week. Um, possibly later in the week. I know I said Tuesdays for a while, but just, just know I'm going to try to get an episode out. It may even be Saturday morning, Saturday mornings with a cup of coffee, just sitting here rambling away about what's gone on throughout the week. I always liked it after the week because I can react to the weekend, but there's not many weekend sports going right now, except hockey playoffs and whatever that JV uh, sports league is. I think it's called the NBA that that's going on, but, but we don't, we don't, we don't talk about that here on the get home safe podcast. Go Kings, go Kings against the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, LA has, you know, sports teams. They have Los Angeles across their chest. You should probably root for them. Uh, the LA Kings against the Edmonton Oilers starting Monday in game one of uh, the Western Conference playoffs and uh, a rematch of last year's playoffs uh, between the Kings and Oilers. Should be a lot of fun. Games one and two, Monday and Wednesday. I'll be reacting to those next week. And uh, hopefully we have some playoff hockey wins to discuss. But if not, we'll come up with something else. I hope you guys enjoyed the Top 10 list, redraft list. I don't even know what to call it. And uh, yeah, you 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 didn't turn me off. If you listen this far, thank you for tuning in. No big prize at the end. Just uh, know that I will be back next week for more fun. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend out there. And as always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounding third base, get home safe. <laughs>